so let's move seamlessly now. Sorry to interrupt your ceremony. It's nothing personal. I just want to devour your god. This is like some gravity's reason. M O L M M. What? Feels apocryphal, but I'll take it. No, it's true. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. See, that is made for undiscerning days. I'll just auto-tune that. Put a little guitar solo at the end. Perfect. All right. <laughs> Six hours later. Y'all done got diggly tight. You done got diggly tight. Nope. Nope. No. Welcome to Men of Low Moral Fiber. I haven't written an intro. My name is Ben Helms, and we played Cult of the Lamb this month. I'm here with Corey and Jason, and Jason's the something to my something. I feel like I did write an intro to this. It's lost somewhere. (laughs) No, they're just all so formulaic that as you say it, it feels like you're already reading something that you said. Yeah, Yeah, tough. Jason is the cult of my lamb. (laughs) Corey is the lamb of my cult. You know. Welcome. Welcome all of my followers. Uh, you two are my generals that I've married and killed and uh, resurrected several times over the last 30 to 40 years, however long we've been around. Uh, thank you again for being here. I'm also watching a lot of House of Dragons. So, Jason, you and I being married and divorced and killing each other, not a big deal. That's the normal thing. Not a big deal. Also, we're brothers. Not a Whatever. Big deal. Not a big deal. Yeah. It's canon. Exactly. Yeah. So, here we are. How was, uh, how was your experience? <laughs> wow. It's it's not only like like you've forgotten what this podcast is. You just kind of yeah. forgot. I don't know how to podcast in general. I did. Okay, so let's get into it. <laughs> By into it, I mean let's start over. <laughs> I was gone last week, and I I was like outside of society. Yeah, I didn't have internet for forty eight hours, and it was insane. <laughs> and I biked down the California coast. It was awesome. Great time with my dad. I with my dad. With your dad. I combine it with Dodge. Uh, great time with my dad. I dodged COVID oh. four or five times on my trip. How do you do that? Um, the guy that I stayed oh. with, uh, who shall remain nameless, who you all know, uh, got COVID on like the like two days after I left him. And he was most contagious the whole weekend. I stayed at his house and we like drove around the bay and had meals together and stuff. So he's fine now. I didn't get it. Personally, we went to the Giants game, ended up getting it. Two people dropped out of our trip, our bike trip, who got it. One before the trip and one during the trip. Golly. Just all over the place. So You haven't had it yet, have you, right? I have not had it. I got my bivalent booster, my second booster, the two days before I left yes. for the trip. Yeah. So I was tired, but I think that helped. Yeah. So dodging COVID. And I, before that, I feel like that was a month ago. That was only a week ago that I wanted that, or that I got, that I left for the trip. It's been quite, and I just think... You know, we changed seasons. A lot's happened. I know. Yeah, that too. Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. So, and before that, my obsession was Cult of the Lamb yes. for like two or three weeks, every day, hours. Oh my God. <laughs> my, my kids loved watching me play it. I would try to find excuses for things that were happening on screen for them. But even if it was like people, or I guess it's not people, lambs dying and like moose dying, meese, and just like, it was adorable and cute the whole time. So... I love this game. I got the similes, by the way. What do you got? Oh, yeah. Jason, what are you? I've been working. I've been working on the similes. You are the what to my what? You're the cult to my lamb. That's all I've been doing. Uh, Corey, you wanted to say something. I didn't mean to. to No, that's okay. I I was just going to say I'm I'm very happy this happened because this is this is serendipity. This is not like we did not plan that cult of the lamb was going to be the game this month. But I, of course, I had been in England. And I believe I said this last time that I was like, I, the day that I left for England, <laughs> Devolver put out a game and I saw like people start playing it. And I was like, 
why am not I'm not playing this? And I hadn't brought my switch with me. So I was like dying, you know, I mean, I was having a great time. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining about vacation. Uh, but when I got home immediately, I downloaded this. And then after just like mainlining Colts of the Lamb, I got on Slack to both of you guys. and was like, guys, this is the most perfect. Like if you made a game specifically for me, this would be that game, yeah. um, which yeah. by the way, I think we can say it's been a very good game year for me. I have had multiple yeah. oh, yeah. over the course of this year, but I have played so many hours of this and it brings me great joy <laughs> that you jumped in and uh, enjoyed it so much as well. We don't agree on a lot, but the things we agree on are usually pretty great. You guys, I'm getting a bad feeling. Uh-oh. <laughs> what? I don't know if you notice I've been quiet. Oh no. oh, no. Sorry, guys. Sorry. What What did you Sorry. do? Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to crap all over your, your parade. I'm going to your yum. No. Uh, but first. Yeah, simile. I am the background process to you two with just a little alert. Simile processed. What? I'm ready for the similes. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just in the background processing, processing. Oh, came up. I thought that was the simile. No, no, no. I thought you were well, telling me was. you were the background I, process to I the simile. I delivered it as a simile because I'm incessantly meta and I apologize. My head hurts. Um, <clears throat> but I, I do want to thank uh, my big brother, the uh, Eldritch Horror to my 8-bit chiptune OST. And of course, we would be nothing without Corrigan, the biblically accurate angel to my twee dialogue. What about it? Wow. How do we like this? Do that we, works. Yeah? yeah, it's not bad. Yeah? We're not typing. Right. Yeah, exactly. Doing That's true. That's by impossible for me. That's good call. By listening to you two talk and just staring off into space. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Jason, it's been 45 minutes. Hey, hey. I thought you were muted. I did it. I aced my SATs in my mind. <laughs> Jay, did you like this video game, Jason? I Okay, okay. Oh, no. What Corey said about it doing everything she liked, I agree with. And, and for me as well. It was like Spirit Fair, but more about dying. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was like six or seven of the things, right. too, right? Yeah. It's like, but most of them, it did it between like 70 and 80%. Mm -hmm. And the only one that it really cleared that bar of like over 90% of what I like was the art style, mm -hmm. which God, I just mm -hmm. love. I love the art style so much. You didn't like the fighting? Because I guess it was. I didn't. That's probably a good combo, right? It was Hades and Spirit Fair combined with a little. I guess Spirit Fair has like the Farmville type stuff to it. So it's. It comes down to controls. It's how I move my character. Maybe if I played it on PS5, it would have been different. I did. Because it just wasn't all that responsive on Switch. Maybe the answer is Switch. Yeah. But in Spiritfarer, one of my favorite things to do was just jump around on the ship because it felt so good. I would never do that in this game. It did not feel good to move. Why? It, it just things always felt like they took a little bit longer than I wanted to. Like just fractions of a second. Right? Nothing big. Like, like I said, 80% of the way there. The combat... Never felt good. It felt really crisp and clean for me. It's the Switch then. Gotta let's, be. let's go with Switch. I, I yeah, so. let's go blame the Switch. I yeah. should just rebuy it on PS5. I don't know. I'm just thinking of if it's a speed thing. I spent six hours probably, like pretty much straight, just playing it during my uh, my many my many weeks of illness. Yeah, man. Jeez, you've had a couple months. I spent two months on the couch. Uh, that was not great. Uh, oh, that is that's my nightmare. Yeah, it sucked. Um. And I'm back to working out, by the way, um, like like this week, I'm back as a workout person that trying to get back afterwards. Because mm. you remember, like two years ago when I had that, like three month stint of lung, <laughs> then I went back to the gym and I was like, I hate the world. starting over. 
everything hurts. It's, and yeah. it's not the feeling of like, oh, I've got to lower the weights, right? Like, yes, somewhat. It's the my arms don't want to do this exercise anymore. Yeah. Yeah, the the number the on the weight doesn't, doesn't matter. Really yeah. matter as much. Like I can't I can't do eighty percent of it. I, I don't want to do any of it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, push through that. I did three sets today though. Ooh. Uh, of of my various things. I'm not back to where I was, but I'm you know nice. Was able to actually do a full exercise, uh, a full workout today. That's my first time doing that. I I had done the kind of a a fifty percent earlier to get back into it. Anyway, so yeah, I spent like six hours just playing Cult of the Lamb really liked it like my feeling on it was like wow this is the game mm-hmm. and it was as i continued to unlock the tree and as i continued to open the second uh dungeon i i did not finish the second dungeon but i think i got to the boss once maybe twice and died i that was when i bailed on it i was just like i'm i'm not having fun anymore i don't know what happened mm-hmm but it, but it lost me. Interesting. It's very interesting. But I have mostly good things to say. Like, I, I really don't want to be like, no, this game sucks. It's just like, it just, I lost that, that connection. I get that. And it's amazing how that can like make such a difference. Like what console you, you play things on. This is not yeah. the first time that this has happened when, uh, you know, mm-hmm. one of us or two of us have played on something and someone else played on the other. And it's like night and day, the experience of, of how this works. Yeah, I, I, the whole time, as soon as I bought it, basically an hour and I was like, I should have got this on Switch <laughs> because and apparently not. Yeah. But there were so many times where I'd power it up and play for 10 minutes and be like, OK, I'm just going to kind of like yeah. feed everybody and go on like one run or not even go on a run, but just kind of like manage my encampment, manage the cult for a few minutes and be like, make sure everything's good. Shut it down. I'll come back tonight. And then on a Switch, you could just like have it in your bed, have it in your office, have it wherever you're going, have it in the car and like. So it probably was better for my life balance that I had it on PS5, but there was many times when I wanted it on Switch just to, because it's so easy to pick it up for five minutes and be done. I can't imagine playing this on the TV. Like I never docked it. I didn't want to know because it was such a just play it in my lap game. And like Weird. that worked really well for me. Well, apparently it didn't work that well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if it if it ever comes to Game Pass, yeah. uh, I will play it on um, the cloud, uh, the iCloud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or not iCloud, uh, xCloud. <laughs> Which is Game Pass's service on my phone uh, with a controller. Oh, yeah. I have been doing that for the last couple months with a bunch of games, and it's been phenomenal. With the backbone? So that sounds good to me. I, the backbone. I imagine it being very uh, responsive and sharp, and it'll work well. But yeah, the, the Switch, it just didn't, uh, didn't work for me. Let's quickly talk about what this game is. Oh, yeah! Why? Let's do that. that have no idea what Cult of the Lamb is. Uh, it's a game by Devolver, which made my most recent favorite game, Death's Door, the last thing that I uh, powered through uh, over and over and over again. I have, in fact, just started, I believe it's my fifth time through that, because there's always time for Death's Door. But Devolver uh, put out this game called The Lamb, in which you, a little lammy, uh, become a cult leader. And you are trying to sort of slay these four big bad, these big God things um, in order to appease this major God, I guess. And uh, along the way, you're basically like, it's got sort of like a farm villi element, as you both mentioned. Uh, it's got the sort of roguelite elements to it. It's got a very hazy thing going on there. Um, gosh, there's so much to this game. Like I said, I think it blends like everything that I like. It's like if you put Hades, and spirit fair 
and death's door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like there's other things. I think I just, I added others to when I described this to you, but yeah, that's essentially sort of the, the premise of it. You have to keep your cult happy. You have to keep them fed. You have to build facilities so that you have, um, you know, things like gold, gold bars to spend on stuff. You have to have wood, you have to have, uh, making sure that sort of you're running this community full of mm-hmm. all these cute little creatures who then sometimes you might have to, or want to sacrifice or murder mm-hmm. or feed a bowl of poop to, or, or marry, marry, <laughs> um, or all of the above or all of the above. That is well within yeah. your rights. As this game likes to remind you, you can do whatever the fuck you want because you mm-hmm. are the cult leader. You're the lamb. You're, you're the lamb. What did you guys name your cults, by the way? Oh, yes. I have that written on the dock. I was about to ask you. This is so perfect. <laughs> well, look at me being like a podcast host. I'm going to go first because mine sucks. Cool. I, I get this thing in video games where it asks me my character name or my cult name in this and I freeze up. Yeah. So mine was rhizomism, <laughs> uh, which sounds terrible. But felt accurate. That's your brand. See, see, I, I want, I want the listener. I wish they could all see Ben's body language as I said it, the way that his soul left his body in an absolute terror and boredom. <laughs> have it's you like, ever been so bored you were scared? It's like that you was unplugged a wacky wavy inflatable arm flailing oh, tube. Man. The fan deflated. just turned off. God. Yeah. Hey, hey guys, here's something I'm scared about and that was personal. Let me just share. Oh, never mind. My bad. I'll, I'll just I'll just put that back in this the box. This is something I'm a little insecure about, but I'm going to share it anyway. Oh, oh, oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Uh, I went with Happy Tree Friends because it's like just that's really good. Cartoons and blood and violence. It was perfect. That is pretty that's good. Really so good. I loved it. I was proud of that. But yeah, as soon as it happened, I definitely paused it for like five minutes and just was like racked my brain. I was like googling things and like. <laughs> Finally came up with that. So I definitely understand the idea of like freezing and being like, what What are words again? What are cool names? I don't know things. I, I don't know why I can't put it down and come back to it. Like I feel like deer mm. in the headlights. I'm in a quick time event where for some reason my brain can't realize there is no timer. You're right. Yeah. Just, just wait a second. It's okay. I get so scared. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. There's also like it, you can name your little cult members too. And I like, oh, yeah. For like probably 10 of them before I was like, why am I doing this? Just let them have whatever name. So you named them. I think my biggest regret is not, we'll come back to your, the name of your cult, but my biggest regret is not naming them like in naming them chronologically to who I am. Right. So like starting with mm. like mom, dad, Jason, wow. Like going wow. like concentric circles of like close friends as I grew up with. And like your biggest regret is not doing that. You and Nick and Chelsea. And then like going with like college friends and then like work friends. And then like, I guess Hannah would be there eventually just because that would help me be like, oh, like this is this is my mom. She's been here for 72 years or whatever, like because right. the longer they've been in your cult, the the older they are, obviously. So or the, it says how long they've been in your cult, I think, and, and their age. That would helpful rather than just like blue black or whatever random names they give them. I had no idea who was who. But I did. So my first cult, I started naming things and then I was like, there's too many members of this cult. Um, and then yeah. I the second ones because I'm trying to 100 percent it. And there are things that mm. you can't do if you, like, if you killed all the little gods already, then you can't yep. 100% it if you didn't do it right the first time. So oh, I made a okay. mm. And in that one, I didn't name all of them, but certain ones I did. So, like, I started with, like, my first cult member I named Primus. Uh, so I would know that's my very first Primus one, sucks. right? <laughs> a couple. Primus, sucks. Primus, I married Primus. Primus and I are very happy together. I've resurrected him Good from dead after Aww. 
I take them on all my missions. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I kind of did both of those. My first one was a panic one, and I was Theo was in the room at the time, and I was like, "What do I name this?" And he was like, "I don't know." And I call him Fish, like fish, but with two e's, like micro. So I just called it Fish. Oh, nice. And then the second one, immediately as soon as I started it, I was like, "Oh, it's Joagstown, like Jonestown, but Joag." Love it. So that's really good. Love it. Oh, opened up the dialogue, and I was like, "Duh, Joagstown." Joagstown. Yeah. I had a rule. So when you first convert a new member, mm-hmm. uh, they come in with their own appearance and name, yeah. and you can rename them and uh, change their appearance and their their color. They can be like, uh, they're they're all cute little animal cartoon things. Right. And it felt really wrong to me to change their um, color, uh, their, their color, animal, anything like that was. It was who they Changing are. Their appearance right? They had weird, a story. Yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't like they just got loaded into my system. Like I went on a quest. I freed them from a cult. <laughs> right. Or they were a monster and I defeated them. Those are kind of the two ways, at least so far as I unlocked. Yeah. Those were the two ways of bringing in new cult mm-hmm. members. So they were either like a, a normal person who had just been abducted uh, by a different cult or they were a, a horrific monster. Right? right. So I decided when I got the monster, uh, which was the second cult member I got. I kind of hesitated for a second. I was like, I'm renaming you. You don't get to be that anymore. Uh, but I never, never changed their overall appearance. But whoever was the monster, I changed their like little detail. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there was, there's like three different levels of appearance. You can do like the overall vo- shape and stuff, yeah. and the color. And then like some subtle, like um, their hair goes a little bit more wavy. Uh, their the ears, ears go yeah, yeah. more spiky than round. You know, these little flourishes. Or like the cultish like cross or scar on their face or tattoo on their face. Right? Yeah. So if if I saved you from being sacrificed by a cult, oh. I changed nothing about you. Mm. If you're a monster, I change your name and I give you a slightly new appearance. Wow. Like just that little like- thing. And that was part of my cult, right? There, there was like a theology to it. This actually yeah. raises a question for me that I was interested in. Because obviously, as to a degree anyway, you're going to have to make some choices that are like mean or whatever in this game just because of the way it's set up. But you yeah. kind of have the choice of whether to be sort of a, a benevolent cult leader or whether to sort of torment your followers in various ways. So some of the, um, what do you call them? Rituals. Rituals, right? right? So like yeah. some of the rituals that you can do um, are like, you know, you brainwash them so that they constantly feel good about you all the time or you make them work for two days straight and things right. down. Fasting. Yeah. Like there's all these different things you can do with them. And then also when you're choosing like, you know, what are the sort of, why am I forgetting the names of everything? Like what are the kind of things you have to choose? Like the sacraments or whatever, or the, um, doctrine, doctrine. That's it. Yeah. Doctrine. You're choosing often between two different things. So like you can be like, do I want to uh, declare a doctrine that is basically something that's going to be like, positive for them or do i want to declare a doctor other side of that thing that is going to work great for me as the cult leader but you know like they donate money to me or whatever but it's gonna be terrible for them so i'm curious if like as you played this did you have like a guiding morality or was it just as you went you decided what your morality was based on what was going to make the gameplay easier how did you guys go about it? And I know Jay, you didn't play as long, but you know, did you have a thought process on that? Because obviously, you have about 
changing the characters. Maybe I should go first. Ben, hop in. Yeah. Let me just outline it real quick before you yeah. go. There's five. So in the doctrines, it's kind of like a, a branching skill tree in the sense that like, which way are you designing your cult to go in? And right. These are the ways that you can get bonuses basically or, or excel. In, and so the five areas are afterlife, which is like you you convince your followers that they get bonuses or that, that there's life after death in the cult. So they'd be okay with being sacrificed, that kind of thing. Work and worship. So they'd be okay doing work around the camp possessions. So they give you money. They, tithe, they tithe more. Uh, and they'd be okay with, I think that's the main one, uh, law and order, which means they, they, their belief would be higher, I guess. I don't know what other falls well, in the law and order. About, like, so you choose whether like, did, are they happy every day that someone isn't in prison or. Oh yes. Like, that's right. That's right. The prison yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Punishment, like those kinds. That's of right. And then sustenance was the last one. So are they okay doing fasting basically right. and okay with worse food? Right. So, Jay, go for it. Yeah, totally. And I wanted to go first mainly because I didn't go as far down the trees. Um, I actually got like three steps down. Like I got further than I would have thought. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we maxed out pretty quick. It, okay, that sounds right. Yeah, it didn't take too long to max out all of them. And one thing I did early on was the idea of sacrificing and raising from the dead. Yeah. And I, I felt like that could be a kind of broken game mechanic where like oh, yeah. suddenly... Uh, I'm able to like reap all of these benefits and I just keep sacrificing raising for the dead, sacrificing raising for the dead. And, oh, it's going to be so broken. And it absolutely doesn't work <laughs> that way. It costs way too much uh, of your, I didn't know what all the meters were, the blue meter. Like your faith points or whatever that is. Your faith points. Yeah, we'll go with faith points. I like that. Yeah. Uh, well, it's bones and stuff like that that they charge you. Right. But yeah. But also the further you get, I think there's two separate bonuses you can get. That one charges half as much, and the other one um, recharges how often you can use it twice as much mm. or whatever, or half as long. Yeah. So yeah. once you get those, it does feel almost like like every day you could sacrifice someone and bring them back immediately. Yeah. But it takes a while to get to that point. It wasn't quite as broken as I wanted yeah, it to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I, th- I think that might have pulled me along a little bit longer. I'm not sure if that would have made it a better game. But just that feeling of like, ooh, I can really make these balance off of each other. Whereas I don't think it's that kind of game. No. Right. In other words, you're not trying to optimize those. You're trying to, it's a more expressive game. It's more like, oh, what do I feel like? I, I feel a little bit more like this. I, you know, yeah. I don't think there's a bad way to do it where you won't be able to progress or it'll go more slowly because you chose these options. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for those. When you get like two upgrades in Hades and they work well together, yeah. right? Especially when it's not like, the game told me that I can because Zeus and Poseidon, now it's water and electricity and it does this. But just realizing that I like these two when they're together. It right. like really works well for my build. I, I just never felt, I wanted that to happen. I wanted to feel that more. I think you get that a little bit more from the like, as you progress that tree around the um, sort of like spirit points or whatever, where as you progress up that, you get like better weapons and better um, curses and you know that's right. sort of worse together and so when you get the kind of right mix of things and you know like what you like yes that then when you start going towards stuff you're like ah, okay like these i know we're gonna work really well and this is gonna be like a fun run as a result of it and, and the, on those ones i felt like it leaned too hard towards random but it does, does that make sense a little less as you go further i think you know you okay get yeah. like got it more of stuff that you want and that helps yeah. a little further along. And I mean, I think also the, the cool thing about this game is that it can be, it can be a fighting game. It can be a roguelike mm-hmm. or it can be a farm bill. 
and mm. you don't it, it's somewhere between 80 20 either direction it can't be 100 percent one right because you have to go on dungeon raids and you have to maintain your cult but like you don't need more than 10 or 12 followers to beat the whole game right i think i got 55 or 60 by the time i was done because i did 80 percent farmville and 20 percent dungeons it's like ah, i guess i have to beat another monster or whatever because i need more bones yeah. but like I don't know. You don't have to do that, it, which is kind of cool that it's that much. Like I'm so used to, um, I guess, like Spirit Fair. You you probably could play it like that, but it's a dense and long enough game that it would like triple your playtime if you tried to do just the Farmville stuff or just the. I guess there's not even yep. a dungeon raid type part of that game, but um, or like fetch quest that kind of thing. If you try to do more of those, but yeah, the, I, I like the fact that it. You, this the reason it, it probably appealed to Corey and I so much is because you didn't have to play this game one way. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of what you're in the mood for. And that is what's like yeah. very interesting is that some days I have played it where I'm like doing tons of raids and all that yeah. stuff. Sometimes I'm just going and I'm playing knuckle bones for a half hour. <laughs> knuckle bones is good. Oh God. No, that's why I'm going to open it. Thank you for reminding me. I, yeah. yeah. I'll come back to knuckle bones because I do want oh my God. you to answer uh, your morality in playing this game. Yes, I will say I'm, I'm trying to think about morality because most of my game, I've maxed everything out. And so I'm trying to think of like, oh, like, so I'm kind of like doing everything now. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think of the first like 10 hours or so. And I, the last thing that I unlocked on the, the, the other tree branch of like things that you can unlock for your cult. And one of them is like stocks and like in a jail and that kind of thing. You can punish people. That was the very last thing I unlocked. I had no interest in locking people up. Mm -hmm. I was like the least punitive cult leader. And unless it was like fasting or sacrificing someone who asked to be sacrificed, I was like, right. yeah, that's cool. You're into that. Like, we can do that. I got that. That's a button I can do. But <laughs> otherwise, I was like, I'm trying to make everyone happy all the time. I was going fishing every day. I do like there's a ritual where you can double your fish. I would do that. And then I'd fish like four times a day and like get uh, get them the best foods. Like I felt like I was pretty benevolent leader for the most part. Uh, by the end of it, I had every single bed upgraded twice so it was like you get the bed and then you get the tent and then you get the, the hut yeah. i guess which was a lot of huts uh but yeah they were i mean they were working hard but who doesn't like a little hard work right they were make they were in like making what were they making uh in the rock quarry and like the logs and they were making gold and planks and all sorts of stuff like there it was but it was a productive town i thought <laughs> So we, we all liked each other. We, I had like three or four spouses. We were having a good time. Uh, we we're trying not to label things, but they were questioning. You know, they asked and I didn't want to disappoint. So, Corey, how about you? What were, what were your doctrines? That's interesting because uh, I think so. I had this kind of thought I, when I play things normally. I so that's the other thing. That's the other game that I forgot that I brought. This was Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you, it, you guys remember when how I had that clown Pietro in Animal Crossing that I hated because he like scared the living shit out of me every time I saw him. Yeah. But then he like came up and asked to leave and I started crying. Oh, <laughs> yes. I, like, I, I feel really bad about how I've treated him. Like I've yeah. been such a dick. I've been telling like what's her face at the front that like I want him to change what he's like. I want him to change his clothes oh. and stuff like that. And I like genuinely started I was like, oh my God, Pietro, no, stay, please. Uh, and he's still there and happily thriving. Um, oh, was, good. Yeah, I didn't get rid of him. And he's an NPC, right? Yeah, it's just... It's okay. Just, it's I just don't know. animals. There's, oh, okay. He feels nothing. It is 
just the thing. Okay. But that's he how nothing. He's a clown. He doesn't feel anything. <laughs> He's a clown sheep. There is no feeling behind oh, the sheep. Got it. Yes. Okay. Um, but like I tend to play games like that where I like then become so invested that like mm. I I project human emotion onto right. these, you know? And so I was thinking about that and about the fact that like when we played Undertale, how my sister was the only one who thought maybe I can play this game without killing anything. And then she got like a totally different ending because she didn't. So it was like, kind of like I had those in mind when I started. And then I thought to myself, like, but what if you didn't play it like that? (laughs) What if you played it? in the way that like worked best for what you want to accomplish in this game. And so then I started being really pragmatic with my play and my, my morals <laughs> about this kind of thing were less about like, Oh, do they, you know, I'd keep the spirit up by holding a ritual like a feast or something like that yeah. to sort of force them to be happy but it was like, oh, if someone comes in here and they're like uh, causing a scene because you have people who like object to the cult and they can like poison the minds of the rest of the cult and make them all mad. I would just throw them in jail or murder them when it got dark because <laughs> you don't want to do it during the day because it'll scare your other cult members. Uh, and they I didn't uh, realize you know, there's a difference. Yeah. So you want to oh. murder them away from everybody if possible yeah. with as few people witnessing it as possible. Oh, we we did it as a sacrifice. Everybody loved it. Well, see, but and that's like a trait you have to like pick from the tree. I know. That's my doctrine. Sacrifice, which of course I did pick because I'm like, yes, I'm just gonna get rid of people. Um, And so sometimes, like with the naming things, I would name like if I rescued someone and then all of their traits were like negative, like they're scared of death and also they get sick constantly and they generate faith really slow. I'd name them something like goner or something like that and be like, I'm just going to sacrifice them <laughs> first yes. that I get. I love it. And so, yeah, I kind of played as like this very unhinged cult leader in this game that just was like, whatever, I'm going to, if there's a ritual that's like, they just pay me all the time. Yeah. Give me all your money. You know, like all that kind of stuff. Cause I was like, if I, I'm going to do what I want to accomplish in this game. So yeah, it was a break away from like the normal way that I play these. Yeah. So I want to dive into this a little deeper because I I had some thoughts on this. I've been reflecting on it. Um, And I had some similar, I think, kind of uh, interactions with the game. But first, real quick, just divide morality from ethics. Mm. Um, Because this is a game, it's not an immoral game. It's an incredibly moral game. Morality is uh, systems, uh, typically do's and do nots, Mm -hmm. that are based in tradition that are usually said to be descended from some kind of god or an ancestor. And it's like, this is the way that we do this thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas ethics are uh, often in discussion with others, arrived at uh, through logic, reason, a set of beliefs that we all agree on. They're also not that far apart from each other. Because, of course, that whole reason thing I just went to is just a system of morality in and of itself, handed on tradition and yada, yada, yada. But let's leave all that aside. Because I think this is a really interesting game in terms of morality. The doctrines that you're setting up are the the moral system of that universe, right? The what your followers believe, uh, and they believe it not necessarily wholeheartedly. Some of them push back, right. but uh, not because you chose a different doctrine, right? Just because they ran out of faith points. 
uh, or whatever it might be. So I similarly had something. I didn't have a I didn't have a jail. I, I never made a jail. I wouldn't do it. I don't think I ever made one either. Oh, yeah. I unlocked the ability to make one in stocks, too. I yeah. don't know if I ever used. Yes. It. In my moral system that I wanted to make, I, I wanted no part in a carceral moral system. Right. Right. That was important to me. It wasn't like this this thing I reflected at before the game is like as soon as that opened up, I was like, ew, not using that. I don't want to do that. That doesn't sound fun, which is funny yeah. because I've got no problem sacrificing people. Right. Yeah. Having them commit cannibalism, mm-hmm. forcing them to marry me. They enjoyed it. They seem pretty happy about it. Yeah, I think it depends, though. But that, that's the thing about a cult. That's fair. And, you know, we could talk about power dynamics and so on. But what if this game allowed you to sexually abuse your cult members, right? That's a no, yeah, right? That's a hard I don't game. want to play that game. I don't want that game on my machine. Like, no, Jesus, absolutely not. Dude. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about cults, yeah, right? Cool, yeah. Like, these are the, I'm going to play the game about a cult. It's Happy Tree Friends, not Nexium. <laughs> but but that's, that's, the, that's the thing that jumped out to me. Like, yeah. why am I so okay with all these other things? Right. I don't think that's a bad marker for me. I think it might actually be related somewhat to my Christian morality right. that some of these are okay. And some of them aren't. Yeah. But it was yeah. so funny to me, the carceral one that that held back. Right. And that was what then unlocked for me to think like, okay, <laughs> but if it was a real cult, it would probably have some kind of sexual exploitation. Cause they all seem to have that. That would not be good. I don't want that in this video game. Yeah. Now, why do I feel so strongly about that? Yeah. I mean, it does mm. kind of cause you all in all. I think that's the thing about it is if you are trying to play this along with your, you know, the, the ethics and morality of your real life, you know, you're gonna, you're brushing up against all these kinds of things that are obviously terrible (laughs) and it's fun within the game, but it is interesting to think of like, what are the lines that that you draw on? It's always going to be a little arbitrary, which is, I think kind of why the way that I played it, it it maybe that kind of freed me up a little bit in it was that like, there's no way for me to get out clean from this game. Yeah. So therefore, I will use it strategically instead of thinking about like what I would believe about this, because how do I make that that difference between sacrificing someone and putting them in a jail and whatever the case may be? And maybe it's something in itself, but it's like it's easier not to think about it and just do what the game is uh, asking of me. Yeah, I just did what the game ordered me to do. I was just following. There you go. Orders. Okay. no. Uh, yeah, I think I'd agree with Corey and all that, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, I thought about it, but never in a way that was like, is this wrong? Mm-hmm. Just like in Hades or in Mario, when you're crushing Goombas, you're not like, oh, did that Goomba have a family? Oh my God. That's just pixels. <laughs> see, that might- see here, I'm worrying that Goomba's a racist, <laughs> racist slur. <laughs> it sounds like it, doesn't it? Except it's against Italians and, and I have a good authority. They're fascist now, so it's fine. Against Italians. That's yeah. right. <clears throat> now. Jeez. <clears throat> oh, it's where the word comes from then. <laughs> oh, wow. Good point. Facil- is that a type of noodle? Facil- uh, yes. Yes, okay. it's a type of noodle. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So I love an orecchietti. I love a macaroni. I love a fascismo. <laughs> a little fascismo, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. When it hits the water and it just, just melts. Oh, man. Al dente. Ah, the gabagool. <laughs> wow. Fascismo. Wow. Okay, let's talk about um, knuckle bones. Knuckle oh, yeah. Wait, can I say, before we get into that, I forgot to mention something earlier. Yeah, yeah, do it. When, when indoctrinating followers, I chose early on, I was like, I'm going to make them as uniform and culty as possible. Like, <laughs> we were stripping identities away. 
And I didn't do it as possible because if I did it as much as possible, I would have made every single one the same animal. I kept their animal identity because that was like too much for me. Like, I'm not going to like make everyone, I'm not going to like convert you from like a moose to a sheep. That's like beyond science. I don't have that much control. If you did that, I wonder if they would all be the same um, like demon when you take them into the battles. I never did that. You never took a demon into battle? Or maybe I did once. I don't remember. It didn't occur to me that they would change. <laughs> oh, I did it once, and they were just yeah. two like little ghosty guys, right? But they were different looking. Yeah, and but like some of them have the same. It was based on their animal. Yeah, I think it's based on oh, what animal. Oh, okay. But yeah. So, anyways, continue. I didn't do that enough to to test that. But yeah, I changed everyone to have the cool little like scar cross symbol or whatever on their head, and then everyone to pink, and then I kept the name that the game the game gave me. But it definitely was just like when you have 50 or 60, just like pink, fluffy, happy tree friends walking around like it, it was a it was a lot. I forgot who I was married to constantly. <laughs> the only way I could tell the difference is for there was always three or four people with the angry eyes. So I was like, well, I'm going to kill you next because you're just angry all the time. You're just mad. Like, have that. <laughs> I wish well, there was an option. And there I've listened to a few interviews. There are there's a lot of things. I was like, I wish it had this that they're like, this will be in the V2. Like this is coming in the spring or whatever. So. <laughs> Things like being able to edit uh, the name of your cult later. Things like uh, editing all your cult followers, editing like their names and stuff. Like now, you can only do it when you indoctrinate them, and you can't go back and edit them. So later, they're going to add that. Also, clothes, like custom clothes. Everyone's wearing clothes, yeah, but they don't change. I think they change like if they're the enforcer or if they're married yeah, to you. Wear, like, like the little hat if they're the tax collector. That's yes, like, yeah, yeah. He holds it out and he does a little shuffle as he does it. That's so good. How, how big do these cults get? Especially, I didn't even imagine that we would have tax collectors yeah. because. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never got that far. <laughs> so, how, how big were your cults? 55, I think. Wow. Which slows down. Once you get to like 35 or 40, it, everything slows down a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Just processing wise. They, I mean, they've worked. Uh, they just did like a patch to a lot of things, stuff like that's that's made things. Quicker. Oh, cool! And Good. fixed a couple of things. Like one of the problems that I had in it was that, like farming, they like the animals would just stop farming after a while. Yes. When I, like, set yes. Up that, so they fixed that. There's like various things that make it so like it doesn't run as with as much lag once your cult gets huge. But yeah, once you start putting a ton of animals in there, it gets a little bogged down. <laughs> Especially because you only need like fifteen to run right the a giant cult yeah because you can't have five people working on a farm you can only have one or two max on your whole farm so they just kind of sit there and worship while they're the ones who aren't working and sometimes they stop and talk to each other mm-hmm. they do they and become friends they can become friends it's so cute it, well unless you're like I'd like to talk to them too that sounds like fun let's oh. let me walk up and I'll join this conversation. no. Pressing A next to them means I just interrupted them yeah. and told them go to, to go back to work. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm the chill cult leader. I flip my chair around backwards. <laughs> I, I want to rap. Hey, Let's guys. Talk. Hey, fellow kids. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Every time I'd walk over to talk, I'd be like, oh, they're talking. Let's go. Oh, oh, I did it again. I did it so many times, guys. The worst one This probably isn't the worst, but the worst one that was happened a lot was when they were like tired or had angry eyes. And I was like, oh, I'll improve their morale level by giving them a blessing. And you get to a certain point where your blessing is doing a dance with them. Oh, but it looks like they're just doing a dance for you and they're angry or sick. And you're like, dance for me. And they're like vomiting as they're dancing for you. And then you just the nice thing is after they vomit, you can tell them to. 
be the person that cleans out the vomit and then tell them yeah. to go to bed after that. Yes. <laughs> it's a good time. Yeah, there's much more bodily fluid in this game than one would really expect. Yeah. That's for sure. But it's really cute. A lot of poop, a lot of vomit. Really cute. Like, it's funny and adorable when they go and they randomly poop in the middle of somewhere. And it's even more adorable when they go and they run to the outhouse and do it. And they're like, oh, no. And they go. It is. Yeah. That's precious. <laughs> um, we were, uh, I was talking to Ben about the game earlier um, and saying, like, is it okay if I didn't finish? Off pod. Um, he's like, what? Off, Off pod. pod. Yeah. Off pod. And he said, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we probably won't want to spoil it anyway. Um, maybe Corey and I will talk while, while you get there. And I'm, I'm like, um, I'm kind of okay with it being spoiled, especially because I kind of feel like there's nothing going to be spoiled. Um, my guess would be that it's either going to be ending A or ending B. And Ben's response was, yeah, the ending is basically you got a choice. I won't tell you what that choice is, but but Ben, I, I think I could tell from your voice that maybe I outlined exactly what the choice was. I mean, it's it feels like it's exactly what you think it's going to be. Yeah, yeah it's not yeah. A, it's not a surprise. Yeah, yeah. This is not a twisty game by any stretch no. of the imagination. You know, it, it follows linear trajectory. It lets you choose, though. Yeah, absolutely. There's that. One thing we haven't talked about, and this is back to Knucklebones. Yeah, oh, um, yes. Let's get back to that. You've got your farm, and you've got your quest area where you go and, and jump into dungeons and fight monsters. And then you get other areas that you unlock, like a place to go fishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a guy a guy who just wants mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, just yeah. wants so many mushrooms. Popped up and wants his shrooms. But then he gives you the ability... To, to drop shrooms. To drop shrooms with your whole cult, where they all just kind of do whatever you say for a couple days. It's good. There's a lighthouse with crystals. Uh, and then there's the mole guy who kind of trains you, the Mr. Tutorial, I think is his name. And he's got one eye, and he lives out in a cabin oh, in the woods, and he wants awesome. to play knuckle bones with you. Oh, yeah. I, now, what NPCs did I miss out? Are there, are there a few others you unlocked? Oh, yeah, Ratau. Ratu? Ratu. I have been doing Welsh, so I always call him Ratai, because that's how you say Igihu in Welsh. But I'm pretty sure it's Ratau. Ratau. Yeah. Tutorial guy. Jay. Oh, uh, were there any other NPCs that you unlocked that, I, that I, maybe I didn't get far enough? That's another thing I think they might expand because it does seem like that screen that it goes to is like, you unlocked a new area is big, but there's only like five areas. Yeah. Which so, I love, though. It's like, again, there's just so much to this game depending on what you're in the mood. To yeah. Do. You could literally just sit fish for 20 minutes or whatever. Yes. And like stuff like that. But yeah, with like, like with Ratau, you unlock more guys you can play against in Knucklebones. So there's like four opponents you can have that are all different levels of difficulty and thus you can wager more against them. So it's like between like, I think Ratau, like the most you can wager is like 10. And then like the highest one is like 50 that you can wager playing against them. And yeah, I think that's the, that's kind of most of what you get there. You get the spider guy, obviously who, um, his name's Hebron or something like that. But, uh, oh, yeah, this sells you yeah. followers. He sells you followers instead of eating them if you choose to rescue them. Oh, yeah, I ran into him, but I didn't have any money. Oh. And then, then I got worried that he ate him. Yeah, so then he probably, yeah, probably. ate that follower. Yeah, but Knucklebones is one of the, like, I feel like that's just one of these great little things in this game that is its own self-contained thing that you can, like, lose so much time to you. So it's basically, it's a dice rolling. It's, it's the Gwent of Cult of the Lamb. It, it really is. Gwent, I think it might have been PC, pre-Cory on, on the pod. Oh, okay. Because uh, I think I stopped playing like three years ago. Gwent was a, is a card game invented by The Witcher. Witcher 3 it came out and I played, I think I put like 120 hours into Witcher and I probably put 25 hours into just 
playing Gwent, and it's a card game that's like it's very kind of like Magic the Gathering ish. Okay. In that sense, or like the old Star Wars card playing game. Something in that. What's that? Hearthstone. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very similar in that. So Ben, yeah, I probably would like closest to, to that, but describe yeah. what actual what the play of Knuckle Bones is because the way my brain works oh. to explain it. But <laughs> you've got yep two people rolling dice, and each has a three by three grid in front of them. Uh, three rows, three columns. You roll your dice, you get like a two, and you put it in one of the columns. The other person rolls their dice, they get a three, they put it in a different column. Now, if you get two twos in the same column, now it's not four, it's eight. Double it up. You get three of those twos, you got yourself a... 16? 16, 12? I, the 16, third one always, w- the math was weird for me. It was weird. It, it didn't add up. But it, I, let's say let's say 16. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but But let's say your opponent gets a two... And they put them in that column, it can wipe out all of your twos. Yeah. Oh, no. Good. That's good enough. <laughs> the goal is to get a higher score than your opponent. The game ends when either you or your opponent has filled up the grid. <laughs> Filling up the grid probably correlates to having more points, but it's, it's certainly 90% not one of the time it does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have definitely, because of course, you know, I'm not mapping this. I'm trying to like just sort of figure out patterns or line up the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so like, I found my own ways of, I usually win at it, but it's certainly not me actually doing the math of this. Sure. Oh yeah. yeah. But there have definitely been times when I have filled up the thing or yeah, I've filled up my side of the thing and been like, Oh, and I am 10 points down. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, perfectly explained, Jay. And it, it, yeah, that was great. Do you guys think that I might have like a secret calling at writing instruction manuals for for board games? Because like I've never no, no, done no, no, that no. before in my life. I don't think. But, but it just came out of me like I got possessed. My eyes rolled back and and the rules came out. And and Dude, I don't know what just happened. I got it. This might exist already. Yeah. Because instruction yeah. manuals are great. There's ones that are like cartoons, right? And they do exactly what you did. But I don't want to read that. When my friends are here, we've had a couple beers, and we're like, hey, let's play, yes. uh, let's play <gasps> awesome tower fall thing or whatever oh, like and how oh, i've never hired me for parties you're you make a youtube video oh, yeah hire you for oh. parties i'm gonna fly jason out wait, who, <laughs> who would want wait who would want a youtube video for rules oh my gosh that sounds awful that's the that's, that's all i want to play uh when we would have our game nights we would um play something that was on what was that what was that uh will we tabletop uh, and so oh, yeah. it was yeah. on tabletop and then we would watch them explain it on tabletop. Yeah, exactly. Play. If you just search like <laughs> quick explanation for Uno, I'm sure there's a 30 second YouTube. I'm sure there's a thousand for Uno, but you know, there's gotta be one that's the 5 million people have watched. That's the number one Uno explainer. That's like, I'd much rather read that than read two pages of this tiny font explaining this card game to me. Well, you read it. Yeah. Read it. Sounds great. Watch no, it. You're so old. Read it. I just Googled uh, how to iron perler beads and the official perler bead site has instructions and it says, step one, watch this video. And I almost threw my phone across the room. That does drive me crazy. It depends on what it is. Like, it I, on what it is. I just want to know how long each side, 30 seconds. Is that what we're looking at? 60 yeah, seconds? That's different. Oh, seven minute that's video. Different. Let's watch. Let's watch. That's different. If you're looking for one piece of information, right? If something could be easily explained in writing and it's going to be, you know, three steps or whatever, I do. I'm, I don't want a video on that. Just show me what it is. And that's like constantly when I'm editing and stuff like that. I yeah, am yeah. like, oh, I don't want to see YouTube video. Just literally tell me what the thing I need yeah. to do is with a game where it's long and complicated. Like I can't, my brain does not process that way. And Dude, that's yeah. a lost process. 
possible that I will have. I have opposite. Yes. I don't know if it's a disorder on my part, well, but no, like I, I still ADHD. remember the tutorial. I still remember the <laughs> tutorial for Gwent, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like highlighting each thing one by one and showing me how to do it. And again, I wanted to throw the controller. <laughs> Just tell me the rules. Even that, I totally get it. As soon as they're like, but if you line up the number with the other team's number, then the X is forever gone and you're in the detention level for 16 hours. Or like, as soon as it gets past one level of like, just play your card and let's see how it goes. Like, then I'm lost. But the way you explained it was super clear. And a real, as soon as she's like, Ben, can you explain how to play it? I was like, I played it for like three, four hours probably. And I like blanked because I was like, the numbers come out and I put them where I know is best. <laughs> I want to read all 16 pages of the manual. Uh, oh my God. Then It'll be quicker. Yeah. Then I can play it and I'm ready. I don't want anyone to hold my hand. Who hurt you? You are the person that all the people. So like, you know, there's these memes that have gone around mostly. Well, I follow a lot of ADHD accounts and stuff like that. So maybe I see these more than other so people. But um, there's like memes that go around that are like, you know, when someone tries to explain the rules to a game to me and it's just like, you know, various means of spacing out yeah. in various ways, you know, but that's the thing is it's like, if someone can break all of that down into something that is just yeah. like, here's the thing you need to do. Bam. It's like the second you start giving me all around about but nonsense. If they play a bonus like, card. Right. Like, just tell me like, what is the thing yeah. that is fired of me yes. and then we'll go from there that's all i need have you seen the the 30 rock sketch of kenneth explaining murder? yes yeah. that's exactly yeah. what i think of yeah and then the person with the highest number gives the smallest gift to the tallest person if they want to switch they cannot unless they do then everyone puts their head down except the murderer oh wait that's not right <laughs> Oh, it's <laughs> so good. So much. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, yes. Anyways, Knuckle Bones is just one like little corner of this game, and it's delightful. And like again, it's just one of the many reasons that I love this game so much is that it's like multiple games. It's yeah. so many things all in one, and whatever I'm in the mood for, it's there. So I literally sometimes will open up the game and just play Knuckle Bones for a while. Sometimes I will just go right, fishing from. I'll just farm and do tasks and sometimes I'll go on a run, whatever. And it just feels like I don't feel like pressured to accomplish much, even though I'm trying to 100% it. Like there's enough kind of going on that I can just do whatever my heart feels. <laughs> given. This is where the Switch version really excels. Mm. Oh, yeah. You just pick it up and you just play Knucklebones. Oh, yeah. Because mm. I cannot imagine playing Knucklebones for more than 30 seconds on my TV. <laughs> I, I feel that feels immoral to me. Why? Um, and I don't know why. <laughs> like, like, like I, I couldn't play solitaire on my TV. I probably could. I realistically. could. Like, I, I, oh, it feels gross. No, soli solitaire is on your phone. It's meant to be done. If it's on, if it's on my PC. Dark while you're falling asleep and just mad. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, if, if it's on my PC, I need to even put it in a little window. Like, if it's full screen, it's like, uh, no, I can't you know give it that much attention. It doesn't deserve to justify why I can and you can't, but this is going to make it worse for you, where I would pull up yeah. Solitaire on my TV and then pull up YouTube on uh, my phone and watch videos while I play Solitaire. Uh, <laughs> but that actually makes sense. That totally Would that works. work? Okay. I, oh, yeah, yeah. No, the issue, I think, is that we have one TV in our house. Uh, Same. Other than the one above the elliptical. Oh, and so it just feels like, like like every five feet in this house. So maybe that's why I don't. That's yeah. why. 
it it feels like even if I'm home alone, I just feel like I'm 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 occupying space that I shouldn't oh. be. Like if I'm going to use the TV. Is this for like from dad? Is that what this is coming from? I don't know. Oh. You make a better door than a window. I internalized it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a baggage here we have we're gonna have to work on unpacking. We'll see how this manifests. We'll dive into that next week. Because I'm, I'm sure there's like there's an entitlement <laughs> issue where I just don't give a fuck. There's one TV in my house too. Yeah. I'm like, it's my TV. I care about it the most. Well, that's why you get along better with Dad. Yeah, because we both know that the right. other person like deserves whatever they want. No, like you just walk in and start watching on the TV, and if he's like, "Hey, that's my TV. I want to watch on this," you're like, "All right, there's another one in the other room. I'll go watch on that one." Oh yeah. Whereas I'm like, "Do you have a basement somewhere?" <laughs> Perhaps where I could play on my Maybe phone. out of the way. Um, <laughs> trouble you. Yes. I, I, I don't want to cause tr- problems. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Fascinating. I, this is interesting. Insight. I feel like there's a lot of good insight that is coming out of this particular game. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe varying levels of playing, but a lot of interesting insights coming out of it nonetheless. I'd like to point towards two other games. <laughs> Um, if that's okay, but I, I, I want to wait till we're, we're done playing this one. You're not in class right now. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Enunciate less. Uh, I would like to direct everyone's attention to slide is B. A basement or something <laughs> oh. where I can talk about these games. Just talk like a human. I don't want to get in anyone's way. Uh, no, I, I just didn't want to cut off. We we're still talking about this game. I just wanted to alert that, like, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. In a bit, towards the end, I just want to promote two other games real quick. Okay. Uh, that's not recommendation station. These are devoted to Cult of the Lamb. Oh, okay, because I was like, guys, we have... There's a whole segment for this. I know, no, no. One of these I've never even played. Okay. Uh, this is just other games. You know what? I'm just doing it. I'm just yeah, going to do it. Let's go there. Let's uh, not... No more preamble. Let's not dance around it. Cultist Simulator. Oh. It's a card-based oh. video game, Ben. I know that'll get you excited. Oh my god, this game looks so complex. I just looked at screenshots. Uh-huh. There's a thousand cards on a table, and they're all different shapes and colors and sizes. And Ben, oh my god, it doesn't come with instructions. No, because the game wants to encourage you to just explore and find out what stuff does. That sounds painful. It sounds so much fun to me, but I I don't know I don't know what it is about being in a cult. I don't know anything about it other than a lot of people when it came out last year were like, oh wow, this game's really cool. So just putting that out there. The other one, which I can endorse for the play date. Sorry, core demon quest 85. I'm going to throw it in the chat so you can see some screenshots. And as you look up those screenshots, uh, I will read the description to our audience. Demon quest 85. You play an ordinary everyday kid with ordinary everyday problems. You also have a magical book for summoning demons from the lowest circles of hell so that they can help you be more popular at school. It's really fun. It's one of my favorite Playdate games, and I beat it in a single sitting as soon as it was on my Playdate. Sat down for half hour, hour, beat the whole thing, and I knew enough that it, that it had enough random elements that I could replay it. And I was like, not yet. Not until I'd forgotten how to play it. Because this was so much fun. I look forward to it. What's it called? Uh, it's called uh, Demon Quest 85. Okay. I, I put a link in the chat. Oh, thank you. I like the sound of it, even though obviously I can't play it, but I like the idea. So in, the, in this first screenshot, we've got three um, high schoolers in the 80s in uh, this nice 8-bit, uh, well, 1-bit graphic format. Uh, so imagine a, a Game Boy uh, video game. And one of them in the middle is possessed by a demon and says, uh, Dost thou not think, oh, who would thou favor, magician? And your options are Simaeus. He has the rightful claim to the throne. So you get real into the demon hierarchy in hell, which is fun. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and you find out that the demons in hell are 
just as petty and drama filled as you and your high schoolers, except they do more these and those. Nice. All of this, all of the things you have said and all the things that we all have said remind me of the game that came out last year that won a bunch of Game of the Year awards that was only on PC last year. So just lost all thoughts of it. Realized it came out for PS5 and Mac last month. Inscription. Oh, I want to play that so bad. I own it. I will Let's be playing this. it. Yes. That's, that will be in next month's what you've been playing along with uh, Returning Monkey Island. Inscription. Oh my God, I'm so excited for Inscription. A horror now, game, not, Corey. Is it on Switch? I don't think it's on Switch yet. Okay. Uh, not just a horror game, Corey, but a meta horror game. A Jason. meta horror card game. Ben. A roguelike deck building game? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I don't want to know. I, 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 it was one of those where I was like, someone told me those words. I was like, don't learn anything else about it. Oh my God, is it really? It is. <laughs> What'd you say? It's Devolver. That's yeah, awesome. this is a, forget yeah. it. It's not a LucasArts podcast anymore. This is a Devolver. Right. It's a Devolver podcast. <laughs> this is a Devolver. Yeah, that's it. Um, you know what we should do? Let's what? try to live stream us playing this game for at least like an yeah. hour or two at least because it's Halloween season. Yeah. yeah, and we don't have a horror game coming up. Our next game is Monkey Island, so we're kind of skipping Halloween. So, oh, yeah. God, how about this? At the very least, we will do a side quest on Inscription mid October, and hopefully, we'll at least be able to do a live stream or two along the way. In addition, PS5 inscription pod. So we can all, because we've all worked out how to chat with oh, each other during PS5. I already own it for PC. Can I just play it on that? God damn it. I can still watch you play it on the other one. Yeah, because it's just going to be one of us playing it and the other two yeah. people chatting. It's not and we'll multiplayer. That. Yeah, 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 huh. exactly. In addition, there will be a bonus pod this month. I say this, but you can cut it later, Ben. Where Ben and I play a tabletop RPG set in the Star Wars universe. Oh, um, yeah. Corey, Corey might or might not watch. Yes. But, but she is elected. Tabletop RPGs have rules. Uh, Corey's out. out. She's hard out on that. <laughs> that was too much. I love rules. Give me all the rules. It's just the like getting all the rules from before they're in my brain to it completely taken over my brain. And I understand yep. all the rules more than the rule maker. Like it's that no, it's, 90 yeah. minute process that I hate. Yeah. But I'll get there. From what I'll I can tell, it's, it's really simple. Okay. And uh, it's one thing I'm excited about is it's DMless. Uh, I love oh, nice. DMless. Jason was always the DM when we played. Yeah, yeah, I love a DMless uh, tabletop RPG because I think it's it's great to let everybody just kind of have that power and feel that that way that they can just interact with each other and, and have fun. And suddenly you remember like we're all just playing pretend and having fun. Those are the rules. It's yeah. like just play pretend. That's cool. I think this is part of why I can never do RPGs. That even as a kid I hated playing pretend. Didn't get it. It's not my thing. Oh, what if you pretend that you did like it though? <laughs> what if you were role playing? As a person who liked RPGs. Um, what's the drink? What's the song? This game's pretty fun. You with frustration. When I was all done, I just had to question. What's the beer? What's the song? I can't always tell. I just want to know. What game is Westy 12? My drink is I was going to go with just chocolate milk, but I think I could go with like a mudslide, right? That's a alcoholic beverage. That's just like a chocolate smoothie or chocolate shake with oh. vodka probably in it. I don't know. Has some sort of alcohol in it because they're good and they're really fun. And you could just like down them really, really quickly. Just like this game, you could play really quickly and it's just like a really fun, sweet time. But also if you play it too much, you'll die, I guess. I don't know. I lose it there a little bit, but 
it's probably it's not as good for you as you're hoping that it is. Like this is a pretty like I mean, it's a pretty what's the right word? Pretty shallow game in the sense that like I guess we did get a lot of like, you know, we got some introspection when we shared up, you know, some stuff, some reflection there. It's not Kentucky Route Zero. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's not a lot of depth to like the the plot or the dialogue at all. It's just really, really fun. Like a like a mudslide. Yeah. Yeah. Gore, what do you got? I decided to go with just a red wine for this oh. game. It doesn't really matter which one, just gotta be red. Because when I think of a cult, I think of communion. I think of blood. Mm. I think of all this sort of ceremonialness that goes around like a good like chalice of wine, right? That is like a culty yeah. thing to me. And yeah, this game much. to me evokes a big glass of thick red wine. I like it. <laughs> I chose a Ramos Gin Fizz. Oh, um, a Ramos? Ramos Gin Fizz. What's that? Um, is that the type so, of gin? It can never just, uh, the name of the drink. just the kind of thing. Like it has, it can't be like a Manhattan. It has to be a perfect Manhattan. It can't be a gin fizz. It's a Ramos gin. <laughs> is it, that's just, just who I am. <laughs> I, I think I actually heard of a Ramos gin fizz before I've heard, heard of a regular gin fizz, Ooh. but it's cream and gin, uh-huh. heavy cream, simple syrup, lemon juice, lime juice, orange flower water, three dashes of orange flower water, which I purchased to make this. And one fresh egg white. I don't like the egg white. A lot of genres happening right here. Oh, oh! Do you maybe get my my simile? Are you there on it? Uh, yeah. Now I see it. <laughs> this game is a little too eggy for me. Is that what? Things I thought I would like. Mm. Oh yeah. Which I, I did not hate. A Ramos Gin Fizz. It also wasn't like oh, get it out of my mouth. I was like, huh, this is a really unique flavor. This took a long time to make. <laughs> and if I'm ever out and a place has this for like 10 bucks, yeah. I might order it to yeah. try it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will not be making this again. And I even have orange flower water now. Mm. But I'm good. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, I'm not sure if I've actually chosen this song before. There's a database somewhere, but I couldn't be arsed to look into it. Um, my song is from Persona 5 uh, soundtrack. And so Persona 5 is a game about summoning demons. That's one reason I think this works. I think it's also just a really good song. It's called Rivers in the Desert. It plays at the climax of the game. And it's got it's got metal. It's got jazz. It's got some pop stuff. It's got so much going on. You should check it out. Ben, should I just play it right now for I'm playing right now for all of us? Yeah, yeah go for it. It's already it. listening. I will say the Persona 5 OST, even if the two of you never play Persona 5, great music to do work to. Like, you can just find the YouTube thing, have it play through the whole thing. Most of the music is just incidental music anyway, while you're running around doing stuff. But, like, Persona 5 is a game where when it's raining, the music is slightly different. Mm. And, like, when you get to the, the main theme track, but now it's raining, you're just like, wow, this is such a groove. This is so good. That's awesome. Um, I chose it because it's a really good song and because demons and this game. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just really like it. Nice. I just think it's neat. Corey, what about you? Tell me something that's neat. I think that the song 1997 by Saint Motel 
is neat. Oh. Um, Shake down 1997. <laughs> that's the one. Same hotel. Nice. Uh, yeah, this song is a song that's actually like from the perspective of someone joining the Heaven's Gate cult. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So it's kind of like this, this weird sort of ode to joining a cult that obviously is also like melancholy because they all died. Um, but it's about like finding friends in this cult that'll stick through thick and thin and be with you till the end and all this kind of stuff. Um, and meanwhile, it's like, it's kind of a back and forth between like the singer of this and their mother who's like, Hey, these friends you're hanging out with, they're no good. <laughs> and you know, you might want to back away from that and get this singer saying like, but it's all going to happen in 1997. So obviously this being a cult um, you know, it's a nice little like Ben arranged this nice little, well, both of you, I guess, arranged these like happy little cults full of people who are all friends and happy with each other and all that kind of stuff. But it's still bad news. People are going to die. And that is what 1997 by Saint Hotel is about. With open arms, they let me in. They say they'll be with me till the end. They say they'll stick. I'm listening to it right now. It's so good. Right? I've never heard the song. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love the back. Throw on puzzle pieces after this, Jay. Puzzle pieces. Same hotel. That's just speaking of bops. Uh, that gets stuck it in your bops. head for a week. Yeah. It bops. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I went with the song. I'm just going to read the lyrics. Um, Corey, feel free to just yell it out when you know it. You'll know it pretty quick. But. Um, this is from the perspective of someone kind of discovering maybe their friend, like you were saying, like their friends hanging out with some new friends. They're like, oh, let's see what this is all about. And maybe they get a little a little deeper into this thing. It's a little bigger than, than what they've ever known before. Maybe it's crazy when you let it begin. It's all you ever want. It's all you have. All you want to start. And then they tire you, right? When you're getting tired, you want to throw it away. Still everything I bleed, bleed because it's... Not a lot, but you can have all of me. All of me. Ah. Oh, it's so good. Watashiwa. Watashiwa song right now. Oh, it's so good. Oh, man. Uh, But my go-to in this was just like, I just have to find the cheesiest worship song and pick that for my song. (laughs) 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 And just make it about this cult. Uh, But then I went back to like old Reliant K songs or like Audio A songs, Newsboys, and then I discovered this one. I was like, this one works pretty dang well. So good old Watashiwa. Yeah. Worked pretty well. That fits very well, and I'm glad to have Watashiwa come back up. What were we going to do next? What, was, oh, what else we're playing? Oh, what oh, else I'll have we been playing? Um, I... Recommendation sure. Station? No, Recommendation Station is what uh, What else you've been playing Is that the same segment, into, I think? Are they, are they two separate things? Is that the same segment? No. We'll do them as two separate things, and what else I've been playing... I don't think it is. ...is Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. I think Ben might have bought this for me for my birthday when it came out and i i don't know that i ever played it oh, wow yeah yeah i i started playing it a long time ago yeah it's maybe what is it, it was like ah, it's too complex i haven't played a video game like this before or i haven't played a video game in years so i'm scared 2010 
Wow. It's all like building things and things break immediately and you have to build shelter and it's it's really in depth. But as you know, I was on the couch for two months and I texted my friend who's a huge Fallout fan and I said, hey, yeah, this moment will never rise again. But right now, all I want to do is play a Fallout game. Tell me which one I should start with. And she and I never agree on video games. Uh, we know that about ourselves. <laughs> so she said, well, my favorite is Fallout 3. So you should start with New Vegas. And I said, perfect. Nice. I need nothing more than that. And you can play it on xCloud. So I was playing it on my phone. Are there Fallout games? Because I played Fallout Shelter for ages. But the actual Fallout games, are they first-person shooters? Yeah. Uh, they're RPGs. Okay, that's right. They, so they, they are from a first-person mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah. But they are uh, RPGs. The first two, so Fallout 3 is where it shifts to 3D. The first two are isometric overhead. So you click on something and your character walks over. Interesting. Anyway, I love it. It's great. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I I don't have, like, something smart to say about a game that came out 12 years ago. Nice. Other than, like, <laughs> you go around and you find, like, a dresser, and in the dresser are, like, eight items, and you choose to take seven of them. And then later you sell them and you get things. Is there a story? Sure. Are there things to fight? And is the fighting good? Yeah, it's great. But what I like is finding a dresser that has eight things in it that I want seven of. And then going and selling those seven things so I can buy a better gun. It it just some for some reason, the looting in that game feels really, really good. Did you ever do that in Skyrim, Ben? Just go around like just I never played Skyrim. I thought you were into Skyrim for some reason. I don't know where I got that from. All right. I think because I was a hall director of a dorm where 95 percent of the men were into Skyrim. (laughs) Uh, Elden Ring is the only from software. Isn't Skyrim's from software? No. No, Skyrim and uh, Fallout are Bethesda. Oh, it's Bethesda. It's that douchebag. Yep. I never played any of the douchebag games. Todd Howard. I, I guess I played Fallout. Yeah. But yeah, I noped out of um, Fallout Vegas after like an hour, maybe 90 minutes. Just like, this game isn't as pretty as the commercials, and it's a lot harder. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, random thought. You said that douchebag. Uh, I have a friend who wrote a book on that douchebag. Uh, we had her as a guest, Winnie yeah. Sierra. And yeah. she has been trying to get us to play Soma, and I told her, oh, we got to wait till Halloween, then we could try it, because it's a scary game. To play what? Soma. It's her favorite game of all time. November's still spooky season. There we go. Yeah. Anyway, we should uh, consider playing Soma at some point and having her on. Yes. It's like, from what I understand, it's like, what if an alien movie, but a video game, but it were trying to ask the questions that Blade Runner were asking. And it all takes place south of market or just like near market? Uh, Soma is the Greek word for body. So it's body horror. Oh, boy. From the creators of Amnesia, The Dark Descent. Oh, all right. What have you been playing, Ben? Oh, man. I've been playing a lot of Scrabble on my phone because I didn't have internet. That was fun. I've uh, been playing a lot of putting videos together to make a little video montage mix of my trip. Uh, and before that, I think I just played, I mean... I think I might be done with Elden Ring. Yeah. Yep. Like I did, I kind of did everything I want to do a couple times. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I could pick it up and like have fun for 20 hours, but I'm like, yeah, okay. I got to do other stuff. I got to yep. live life. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then, yeah, after Elden Ring, before the trip, it was just Cult of the Lamb. That was my thing for like 10, 10 days every day. That was great. Yeah. Playing, I haven't been playing any other games. Corey, what about you? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same place. I've been playing Cult of the Lamb constantly, a little bit of Death Store, and obviously started monkey island 
Oh yeah. my gosh. It's yes. really good. It's really good. I'm so far behind already. Oh, that's what I'll be playing tonight. Starting tonight. I'm, I'm playing it. My tiny little thing I'll say about this Monkey Island before we obviously talk about it at length next month is that this has the best point and click of any game that I've ever played. Yes, 100%. It's perfect. Absolutely perfect. The, okay, the balance with point and click is show me everything. Let me click on it, right? And let me easily move between so it's not just clicking on bricks, right? That was the name of our first episode. Clicking on bricks. Clicking on bricks. Maniac Mansion. However, how do you do that system and then allow some space for surprise? Yeah. Discovery, yeah. It does it. It figured oh out the system. God. It's really good. Freaking Ron Gilbert. I love it. Oh, I'm excited to get in there. Yeah, so I'm excited to play more of it. It's been like a hugely busy like two weeks of work, but I have like a day or two where I can just like kind of lean into it a little bit. So I'm excited about it. Awesome. Before we move on, next up, we've got a special guest, my daughter, uh, oh. Maddie. Uh, so Maddie, what have you been playing recently? Dreamlight Valley. Dreamlight Valley, a video game called Disney's Dreamlight Valley. Um, what's it like? You have to do quests to open places, and you have to go um, to, if you want to open Dazzle Beach, you have to get friendship level five with three people. Wow, that sounds intense. Is it, is it as hard as it sounds, or is it, is it a little bit more fun than that? Okay, what's the funnest part? That you get to dress up your person. <gasps> and you get to find Disney people. What are some outfits you like that you've made? The one that I found in Ursula's cape. It's black and red. Ooh, is it a dress? Yes. Or, ooh, a black and red dress. And it's long sleeve. Okay, okay, very nice. Now you said you also get to meet characters. Yes. Can you tell me about any of them? I think the first one was named Merlin. Is yeah, that right? Merlin. Okay, what's Merlin like? He is like a wizard. Yeah. And every time I try to open something, he comes and checks if I have enough dream light. Oh, okay. Now, who else have you met? I have met the second time. Um... Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge McDuck. Uh, how's Scrooge? Is he fun? Yeah. Is he funny? Oh, hey, kitty. <laughs> Very cool. Any other games that reminds you of? Like any games you've seen me or your mom play? Mm. It reminds me a little of The Sims. Oh, yeah. Does it remind you of that? Just kind of how it looks? Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of anything else it reminds me of. Maybe a little bit like Stardew Valley, which now that I think of it, it kind of sounds like. Yeah. Anything else? Hmm. Wonderful. Probably not. Okay. What is your character's name? Maya. Maya. That's a pretty name. And I guess if you had to tell somebody, Matt, you got a friend at school, and they're not sure if they want to play it or not, what would you tell that person? It's fun. You can collect Dreamlight, and once you want to go to Dazzle Beach, you can unlock it by level five with three people. And have you gotten to Dazzle Beach? Yeah. <gasps> What's it like? 
It's still kind of messy. Oh, it's messy. It's full of, um, oh, what are the things called? There's like thorns or something there? Yeah, night thorns. Night thorns. And so it's still got those there? You haven't cleaned it up yeah. yet? Got it. One more quest ahead of you, right? Got to go clean that up. All right. Um, well, I'm glad that you found a game that you really like to play and that it's fun. And maybe we'll talk to you next month about another game that you're playing or maybe just more Dreamlight Valley. Uh, in fact, next month, maybe you could tell us about Calico. Okay. If you want. Oh, I love Calico. Harper, come on over here. You tell us about Calico. All right, next up is my daughter, Harper, and she wants to tell us about another game. What's the name of the game? Calico. Calico. Now, this game is full of a type of animal. What kind of animal is in this game a lot of? Um, cats and... Cats. Like, dogs. Cats and dogs. I as a fortune and you turn it on. It's like raining cats and dogs. It's raining cats and dogs? It looks like it's raining cats and dogs, but they're floating. Oh, they're just floating around. Now, in the game, do you make things? Yeah, we do make things. We read a book, but then when we press something, it turns me really tiny, so then I bake. Oh, you bake things. When I'm really tiny. And all your friends, oh, you get tiny when you bake things? Yeah. I saw that. That looked really fun. So, like, you're on the counter, but, like, as a little person. Uh-huh. Oh, that's cool. And then you unlock different places, and there's quests, too. Yeah. And there's lots of magic, too, isn't there? Uh-huh. And the thing that I found out to take it to the big giant cat that turned different colors in Calico. It was toward the board and, and so then I got him down so I ride him down and I, I ride him down to the streets and there's like a map and a big star and then I can visit other people. Oh, that sounds fun. Now, if one of your friends at school asked you if they should play Calico, what would you say? I would say, yeah. Okay, so you'd recommend it, definitely. All right, uh, that's what we've been playing. Uh, back to you, Jason, in the studio. Basically, Maddie got really into uh, Dreamlight Valley. It's so good that Maddie started playing it on Game Pass, and I was, like, very hands-off. Like, I'm not going to show you how to play this. It's her game. There's, yeah, yeah. there's a, a character in the game that's going to show you how to play it. You just have fun. And we'll read if you need us to read, but mostly she's doing all the reading. And after about two days of her playing this, like, just a lot, and me and Megan telling each other over and over, it's her game. Let her play the way that she wants. You don't have to tell her how to spend her money in her game. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> she can spend it all on a red bow if she wants to. That's fine. Who cares? That after two days, Megan went and bought it on Switch. Wow. So that she could play it too. <laughs> so she could show Maddie the right way to play it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it, it reminded me, this is something I've, I forget sometimes, but when I play old games that came out when I was a kid, I only remember the first level because as a kid, I spent 100 hours on the first level and never figured out how to get past it. And I had a blast. Right. Yep, exactly. I've never seen most of like Super Mario or like so many other things. I'm like, Dude. I don't know. I don't know what happens past like the second or third level of Sonic the Hedgehog. But man, yeah. I could just play this forever. 
Master Blaster. I love yeah, Master Blaster. That's the game I was just thinking of. Because <laughs> we sucked at it's it. It's so bad. I never got past the second screen no, of Master Blaster. It's impossible. <laughs> but it's really fun. It's so hard. Oh, man. It looks so cool. It might be a bad game. It might be. I guess what we meant to say is, thanks, Maddie. Um, <laughs> recommendation station? <laughs> yeah. recommendation station to get good ideas on what to watch or listen to. What do you recommend? My recommendation is Cyberpunk 2077. Wait for it. Colon Edge Runners, the new series on Netflix. I just started watching it, watching an episode when I'm having my lunch at work, and it's really good. I am surprised. Wait, what is this? It's a TV show. They made a TV show out of Cyberpunk. And it's on Netflix, and it's good. Is Keanu in it? No. I, okay, what's happening? No, that's the best part, is so far, I'm only like one episode in, Keanu's not in it. It's not the story of Cyberpunk, it's just someone in that world. It's like a what? much lower key story than what Cyberpunk 2077 had. It honestly feels like I wanted the video game to feel, which is just like, oh, I get this world. It's oh. really good. I'm so surprised, I thought it was gonna be crap. I heard so many people saying that it's surprisingly really good. And then I checked it out. I was like, you know what? This is really good. It's anime. It's anime. Oh, yeah. Got Sorry. It. Sorry. Sorry. No, ben. it's fine. Uh, okay. I was expecting like a Witcher thing because it's, yeah, I didn't yeah, know if it would be like. I think they have advertised this everywhere if that's thing. But anime yeah, exactly. is more niche yes. audience for it. So like, it's the case. Yeah. It doesn't mean, that's not me saying that, oh, it's bad. It's like, oh, it's not, it's not as like, I don't know. It's not as good as I thought it would be. It's not as prestige. <laughs> that's the word. Thank you. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that, I was surprised I hadn't heard of it. That's the CD Projekt Red uh, model now, right? Like they did with Witcher. They use the TV show to drive people to the video game. Right. And so they want the TV show to be good, but it doesn't have to be Game of Thrones. It doesn't have to be this big thing that everybody's Pretty, watching. Very enjoyable. But yeah. throw it on Netflix and make it good enough that people really want to watch it so that they then want to experience that world. Man, it's really good. Nice. Great music, too. And just really stellar animation. That's cool. Um, oh, check it out. Yeah, that's that's my recommendation. Dude, nice. Um, it's hot D season, as we all know. Uh, so I'm jumping into the hot D once a week. I also listen to like four or five hours of podcasts on it. So I'm deep in the hot D and Targs and the Lannisters and the High Towers and all that. For the listeners at home, <laughs> Ben's talking about House of the Dragon, the new show from Game of Thrones. <laughs> he calls it Hot D. Uh, what else? I feel like there's a bunch of other stuff. Corey, why don't you talk for a little bit? I'll ignore you and I'll think about the other stuff. It's great. That sounds like a lot of fun. I'll just talk into the void. I appreciate the honesty. Yeah, no, I, I feel similar there. I'm like, I think there's like things that I have to recommend. I've been like, I've been watching a ton of stuff, yeah. like a lot of background while I work lately. But I did, I watched on Netflix, Do Revenge this oh, week. Oh, I need to see that. It's on my list. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun. It's blending like the 90s and 2000s teen movie formula with strangers on a train, basically. So you have these two people who are both wronged and they're going to do each other's revenge mm-hmm. for them. And, you know, hijinks ensue and whatnot. And I think it is just... It's got this great amount of sort of nostalgia for millennials. Um, the soundtrack has a lot of stuff that like goes back to more our era than theirs, but then mixed with, you know, the more Gen Z type stuff uh, as well. So it does a really good job of blending those things. You know, you've got like Sarah Michelle Geller playing a principal in this, you know, so like sort of bringing all these kinds of things that make 
millennials oh, that's cool. like wow this is a really faithful capture yeah. <laughs> of like a certain time for us while being sort of unique and fun and also very gen z at the same time so it's a it's a good little bridge across those things i'd said on joag that i had watched bodies 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 as well this week and that just no spoilers felt, i'm not gonna spoil it but what i will say about bodies 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 compared to uh do revenge is that bodies 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 is sneering it's it okay. hates the people that it's about yeah and it's obnoxious through and through because it is painting these you know gen z woke yeah. kids rich as, yeah, yeah, yeah you know like oh yeah just obnoxious so it feels like it's written in whiny voice it's written by an elder millennial who hates gen z and wants bad things for them and imagines oh no talk like you know and so people through and through just like you hate these characters and everything they do is awful (laughs) um how's the plot though i don't know but if it's new or inventive or like if the killer is clever it is not okay counterpoint Lee Pace. Yeah, that's, that's exactly thank you. That, that was what I gave it one star on Letterboxd. Yeah, one and that star. star. That star's name is Lee Pace. One? Yeah, that star is Lee Pace. But he's not even wearing a shirt for most of it. Oh my gosh. I know. Really? I mean, wow. He's one enthusiastic star. All right, okay. That, that's better. Everything else is so bad in that movie that I Man. could not do All revenge right. is yeah. like that feels more like this is a satire of Gen Z where it also brings up some of the like safe space stuff and things that like are woke as mm-hmm. the right wingers like to have uh, appropriate or whatever, but does it in a way that is not simply God, aren't these people just the worst? Yeah. <laughs> like, don't we hate them? Right, Instead right. it actually seems like these are real people, you know? So do revenge on Netflix. I highly recommend it. Nice. Did you know that Lee Pace is in a TV show that's an adaptation of the Isaac Asimov books Foundation? Uh, like these famous. Yeah, it was Lee- a huge show. It came out last year. Like I, I heard about it recently. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's on one of those things that I can't watch. I think an Apple TV. It's on HBO, isn't it? Apple TV. It's it's not on a real one. It's on Apple TV. Oh, it's Apple TV. Okay. <laughs> so Apple TV has a lot of stuff, though, man. They do. someday. I'll check it out. I'll see that, that yeah. the one they did the commercials, the NBC soccer commercials, uh, that TV show. Yeah, that's good. That's fun. Where he becomes the the, the soccer coach. Mm-hmm. That's oh, good. that's another fact I would like to throw in. Welcome to Wrexham. Oh, is it good? Oh, yeah. Welcome to Wrexham is incredible. Good. That looks good. I want to see it that. It has a you know you kind of come into it where it's like it's a little bit of a Ted Lasso feel. These Americans taking over a Welsh football team, and then it's not. It's not feel good. <laughs> it's not Ted Lasso in that sense where it's like they have to come in here and like make really hard decisions about a team that is the lifeblood of this area and they want it to thrive. Yeah. This sometimes involves like firing half the team and their coach and like, you know, all these kinds of things that happen. And from the beginning of this, you find out like they're the tier of, of soccer they're playing in is like the lowest professional soccer league. Um, and then below that, it's like kind of a separate thing and they're trying to you know move up in those tiers um and so people at their level make like you know about like forty thousand pounds a year so they're all living in like little flats with their families and all this kind of stuff like scraping by it's not like you know these big famous players that you see all the time um who are like with multi-million dollar contracts and everything 
Uh, so you're like really seeing the reality of what it's like for these people and for this town that just like deeply is invested in this team and has gotten taken advantage of by bad owners before and stuff like that. And um, it's a great like love letter to Wales as well. There's some good Welsh speaking in it, which is very fun for me. But yeah, it's just, it's really, it's got a lot of heart and yet it's also very real. That's awesome. Yeah. There's, there's the one moment in the trailer that really hooked me uh, where Ryan Reynolds is, is talking and says something like, I'm just weak. We might really f*** this up. And I'm worried right. that we might do. And you just the sincerity in his voice and the self-awareness of like, I want to do this. I can feel a good uh, feel good story coming. We can work on this. But there's a lot of danger here. And we are stepping into people's lives that are already going on. And we might make them yeah. worse. And I, I just it, it just made me go. I want to see this. Like, even if they do fail. Right. I'm OK with seeing that because they're they're somewhat aware of that possibility. They will step in to try and make it right. Especially from two guys that are f- both famous for their lack of earnestness and yes. just they're like right. yeah. they do not have a serious bone in their bodies or even just like a like i don't even know yeah everything they do is satire everything they do is the opposite and just ironic and yeah. funny and to see how that plays out that dynamic in yeah. this show because i think ryan you can tell it's like kind of a defense mechanism that it's hard for him to shut down yeah totally. and so he's always this optimism the silliness things like that yeah. even when some kind of terrible is happening whereas rob on the other hand like he is more serious uh about things or like more he gets riled up more easily and they have this like very different approach towards things where it's like when rob's stressed out he is stressed out and yeah. when ryan is stressed out he's covering it in like jokes and things like that so it's very oh i'm excited to see that and they've never met before this yeah wow. so, you heard that yeah, yeah that's cool yes. i did not know that it's a really interesting dynamic to watch now i'm fascinated i can't imagine being as rich as them and then choosing to do something that would be stressful yeah yeah well and that's part of this is that it was like it was rob McElhenney's like kind of interest but he's like i'm not rich enough to do this right i need someone who is and ryan is like really the money behind it so which also adds to like their dynamic right where it's like you know that's interesting with all of this it's also a like you can always tell rob is you know there's a little bit of a power imbalance yep totally there as well so yeah it's it's a great show i highly recommend it on hulu welcome to rexham oh that's cool yeah i've been meaning to check that out that's good to know that's good he also made a video game show on Apple TV. Again, I'm hearing that Apple TV has some shows. It's really good. I've heard that. Yeah, Apple TV is worthwhile. I mean, I steal somebody else's, but I would pay for it if I didn't steal it. Sign up for, <laughs> uh, we're going to do a special series in the spring called Jason Signs Up for Apple TV. Uh, when he catches up on everything. Yeah. It's called Mythic Quest, by the way. It's amazing. Yeah. Mythic Quest, yeah. That's- uh, yeah, I would say two shows that we watched recently that we were pleasantly surprised by were Harley Quinn. I want to see that. Just ended its third season on HBO animated. It's got the violence of like Diabolical, which is the boys like animated show and Invincible, which Jay, I think you told me about Invincible a couple years ago. It's hyper violent. Uh, and but it has the heart of um, I guess boys has heart for sure sometimes, but it, yeah. it's it's it doesn't I usually don't like DC stuff. But this does a good job of being like, we're not like we're not like that other DC. We'll take care of you. Like big characters will just like die. Like they'll pick like <laughs> canonical big heroes or big villains. And like that, the finale of that episode will be like, oh, yeah, just like Harley Quinn killed them. And they're just not going to exist in this show anymore. That's and that's OK. Saying. That doesn't affect Zack Snyder. That doesn't affect right. Joss Whedon. Like, that's fine. We'll be OK. Come back. 
So it's nice that it's like insulated from all of that other DC stuff, it feels like. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's just like really fun characters that you want to just kind of like watch them talk to each other. So really like Harley Quinn. That's a really funny point first that DC does that because you're right. They're just in general really precious about their characters, which yeah. is hilarious yeah. because they're also notorious for just completely resetting continuity like every three or four years. Yeah. <laughs> they don't give it enough time to develop into anything. Yeah. What, why do you care what I do with this character? You're going right. to, they won't have existed yeah. anymore in three years anyway. Ben Affleck doesn't want to be Batman anymore. Let him go. Yeah. <laughs> true. Uh, and then the other one was the resort, which I think was, I think that was like on Peacock or something. We had to like download a whole new thing and do a free month of Peacock just to watch it. But it's like six or eight episodes. Kristen Milioti, who's in uh, Made for Love. She's the mom from How I Met Your Mother. Spoiler alert, I guess. Um, she's amazing. And then uh, William Jackson Harper, Cheaty from The Good Place are the two leads. Bunch of awesome, like, random cameos and stuff throughout. The- oh, Nick Offerman's in it. Really good. Murder mystery, time travel Just another one of those where, like, I just, like, love everyone in it. And they're just doing stuff mm-hmm. that's just funny and, like, mysterious enough that I'm like, okay, yeah, I could do this for eight episodes. And it probably in the end is nothing that's, like, revolutionary. But it's kind of like, um, oh, what's the... You had me at eight episodes, by the way. I know, right? It's probably better than how I'm selling it, too. I loved every second of it. What, who's the lady who wrote all the murder mysteries in the 100 years ago? Agatha Christie. Agatha Christie. She just came out with a new... Wow, a movie new Agatha that, Christie just dropped. There's a movie that just came out. All right. <laughs> see How They Run. Yeah, yeah. I saw See How They Run last week with, with my COVID friend in a movie theater uh, that I didn't get COVID from. <laughs> And it, she's Agatha Christie. It's like a story inspired by Agatha Christie. That's a time, not a timepiece. What's it called? A time, a period piece, a slam piece, piece period piece. And like Agatha Christie ends up like being in the movie. It's a weird thing anyway. But it's the same thing where it's like, it's a murder mystery that's talking about Agatha Christie the whole time. So it's not trying to say it's doing anything new. So it's just as right. entertaining as it's pretending to be. And this is a little better than that, where it's a little bit new. It's got, it's modern and all that. So, and it's, the two leads are just amazing actors so that makes everything a little better anyway probably quinn in the resort that's when i can focus on it completely i will actually have to or like maybe not completely but only playing candy crush and not trying to work at the same time yes then we'll actually get through that one one more recommendation from me i've been watching mystery science theater 3000 you're Um, always watching that yes but they have their own streaming service and wow for free you get access to all their old shows and you pay oh, money cool. to watch the new season that came out, oh, uh, which is nice. Cause a neat little way of doing it. Yeah. Before you had to go get them all through, um, uh, YouTube and just hunt them down and blockbuster. Sure. But it's, it's been really fun. We just got to the Mike episodes. Like we're watching episode by episode. And then the new season is really, really strong. That's cool. Is it still, um, the same guy who took over when it came to Netflix? Uh, yes. And he's been added by, he's been, oh, there's yeah, another host name? as well. So Was basically, this they did a Kickstarter and they hit one of their stretch goals or they got additional funding and then doubled the season. So they went from, I think, 12 episodes to 24 or something like that. Wow. And then added a second host so they could do that. So that they can alternate back and forth. It's got to be really like low, I was going to say overhead, but like production costs compared it, to most yeah, shows. I would think. Yes. Like the, salaries would be ninety percent of it. The, Just like yeah. getting getting the talent in the room to do the thing. The meta plot, you know, because there's the sketches in between the movie, yeah. and generally they're not connected. Each episode is not connected to each other, 
but this season, the meta plot that's happening seems really good. And I'm excited to see where it goes. There is a mysterious financier from the future who has come in to tell the mad scientist, like, oh, no, you have to do it this way. And meanwhile, the uh, the two hosts have learned that if they speak in rhyme, the mad scientist can't understand them. So that's their secret code is speaking nice. in rhyme, which is very, very funny. And there's a great Patton Oswalt joke that he sells early on because he's oh, one yes, of the mad scientists. That's right. Where he accidentally rhymes. And the other mad scientist, who's Felicia Day, says, what did you, Oh, Felicia. Says, What did you say at the end there? He goes, I have no idea. But I mean, Megan and I are like thinking through, like, so, so clearly it's like the hosts and the bots have teamed up. They have this mysterious financier from the future. Right. He's their puppet, right? Like, this is their escape plan, is he's coming in, telling the mad scientist, oh, you got to do it this way, do it exactly this way, you'll make all the money, it'll be perfect, but it's clearly just their escape plan, right? So it's fun that there's this longer-running thing. Um, anyway, it's really right. good. Nice. Oh, I love that. What's, the, what's their um, app or whatever called? Their service I think it's called, called MST3K. Um, the it, Get it on the App Store. And then it's, I think, like 50 bucks for the entire season. Mm-hmm. It's it's a one time price that you can just have all of them, or you can rent them each for like five bucks each or something. Right. But then you you get access to the, all the old ones for free, I believe. Nice. I just opened it and then forgot to say, yeah, it's just called MST3K. Very cool. The streaming service is called the Gizmoplex, unfortunately, but that's not what the app's called. You never have to know that word. Okay. Other than it was a really bad idea. All right. To name it that and pretend that they were starting the streaming service, which they're not quite doing. They just got an app where you can watch all their stuff. We've been talking too long. I'm sorry. We're done now. Uh, this then, month, then. I guess, sorry, next month, we will be playing Return to Monkey Island, which you two have started and I have not. I'm so excited. That's what I'll be doing tonight and tomorrow and every day. Also, we will be playing Inscription. We'll be doing, hopefully, yeah, like I said before, some sort of like live stream around that or a side quest, but Inscription will be our Halloween game. Uh, and then Soma as well. We'll try to... Who is, who is it that played Soma? Wendy. Wendy Sierra. Yeah, that's right. Wendy Sierra was on the pod talking about that. Um, so yeah, we'll be playing... So- Soma looks pretty awesome too. So definitely Return to Monkey Island and some sort of version of Inscription in Soma will be coming out in October as well. That's the, that's the loose plan. We'll see how it goes. Finally, we may also be playing a tabletop role-playing game called Going Rogue. Oh my god. <laughs> is this possible to do all four? All four? We'll see. Alright, we'll do our best. Here we go. How thin will we stretch ourselves? I know, right? John wanted to play fewer games. I know. And uh here's what happened. Here we go. Go team. Alright. Thanks again for listening. Uh thank you to David Botluck, our freaking podcast producer. Without you, uh this place would be a lot colder. So thank you for warming it up. Paying our bills a little bit. Uh, especially going into winter. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you to all of our podcast uh, patrons. Uh, you can check us out at patreon.com slash M-O-L-M-F. You can email us at momfpod at gmail.com. And as always, thank you so much for giving us your time. And feel free to tell a couple friends if you liked what you heard. As always, I have been Ben. I will be Jason. <laughs> yeah. And I am a mighty pirate. And all I ask is for you to start a cult in my name. <laughs>